I'm Paul DeGarabedian for my many screens, Big Picture Podcast, and today I am so honored to have Jim Orr on the program. Jim is the president of Domestic Theatrical Distribution for Universal Pictures. Welcome, Jim. Thank you, Paul. I appreciate being here. That was that was a, quite the introduction, too, buddy. I appreciate the enthusiasm. Thank you, Jim, so much for being here. I think we're living in an incredibly dynamic time for our industry. And just recently, something happened that I think is really interesting. The reopening of theaters in New York City. And by New York City, we're talking really, I think, about the the five boroughs, which have been closed for quite a long time. Uh, How important is this, this step in getting exhibition back on its feet? And will this create confidence amongst the studios particularly universal in this case, uh, to release some of your biggest films in 2021 and beyond? Yeah, no, it's a great question. And it's certainly a step in the right direction, right? Uh, to get New York, one of the most important movie-going markets, certainly in the country and even in the world, back up and running is fantastic. It's been shuttered almost a year, you know, when you think about it. It's literally been shuttered for about a year. So it's fantastic. Now, overall, though, even after they open back up, the domestic market is still only about half open. Uh, we show this coming weekend about 2,850 theaters that are open out of 5,800 uh, total in North America. So, you know, whatever that is, uh, percentage-wise, there's a little over 50% screens that are now open. But you still got some, you know, some big gaps, right? You still got some markets, very important markets that are that are not back open. But generally speaking, for the pandemic and, and has and how it applies to uh, theatrical attendance, the, the light at the end of the tunnel gets brighter every single day. So we got the theaters open. And, and you know, interestingly enough, and I don't even know how they do this, but our friends in exhibition, I was talking to AMC earlier, they've got 13 theaters that they're going to be able to open on March 5th when they were given the news on February 23rd. That's that's incredible. I mean, that, that's absolutely, you know, speaks really well of them. And City Cinemas, I think, is getting some theaters open as well. Uh, when, when you, you know, if you know the business, the Empire, Lincoln Square, those are some big plants that are really complicated to run, and yet they're diving right in, they're getting them back open, and, and I just, you know, I, I think and I hope people come out uh, like crazy to, to, to see whatever product that we can get into these theaters. That'll, that'll just be tremendous. Well, you know, Jim, I hadn't really thought about that. I mean, getting a movie theater back up and running is like getting a I don't know, a space shuttle ready for launch. It's no small thing. Right. Well, think about the employees, right? Yeah, think about the employees that they had. They can't sit there and do nothing for a year. So many of them might have, again, better question for, for the, the exhibitors. A lot of those employees might have moved on to other things, right? Because you just can't sit there and, and sit still for a year. And so the, the ability to get inventory back in the building, to get the buildings, you know, to make sure all of the computers and the, and the projectors and everything are, are up and running and doing well, to get the... The, uh, the, the filtration uh, systems back up and running for everything that they need to do there for the, the state and the city and, and, and be able to do that in a couple of weeks. Absolutely tremendous. You really applaud them. So it's, it's just a great effort. It's like waking a sleeping giant, right? You have to Absolutely get right. this back on. And then I think, you know, hopefully Los Angeles, Chicago and other big cities will follow suit. And I think really it is about capacity and availability or availability and then capacity and I think that's going to be really important. Yeah, it's, it's you're 100% right, right? It's, first of all, it's, is the building open, right? Are there films in, in the theater that you want to go see? And then where's the enthusiasm level? The folks in that area, are they really, you know, ready, willing, and able to come out? And I, I think they will be. Uh, when you take a look around the world, like the, the news out of China recently with uh, Detective Chinatown 3 
literally setting records over there. People, people want to be in theaters. You know, we've been saying this for a year now, and, and you and I have talked about this on several occasions. People want to be in theaters. They want to be out. We're social animals. You know, we, 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 need, to, we need that kind of experience. And, and uh, it's where these films literally are engineered to be seen. They're engineered from the ground up to be seen on these big 40-foot screens with surround sound and, you know, all of this kind of stuff. And, and I, I think enthusiasm levels will return, uh, certainly not overnight, but they definitely will. And, uh, and people will be out and about. And so the more theaters that we can get open, get them open safely, and, and the more progress that we can make as, as a you know, country, if you will, and across the globe, for that matter, on vaccine. You mentioned the China movie market and the, you know, the APAC region in general, and it, it really just comes down to a pandemic response, which then leads to the availability or the, the ability to open theaters, right? So it has to, that, that pandemic response then manifests itself. Look, you, you can't put, uh, why would you put a very, very expensive movie in theaters when they're at a very low capacity? I mean, I understand that you need good movies in theaters to draw audiences, but to me, opening these bigger marketplaces, these bigger cities will embolden studios to say, look, now we can uh, set these release dates and stick to them. And if these bigger cities open then that to me like you said it's a light at the end of the tunnel yeah and, and you know everybody needs to remember it's not just the ability to, to it's not just okay we'll release a title right so we send it out on hard drives and, and dcps and all sort of kind of stuff you have to market it and you know that you, you have to know that you're you're marketing to an audience that is available to to see it right and and so that's that's it's expensive this entire industry is as we well know is ridiculously expensive very complicated and the pandemic just really, just kind of really highlighted that for all of us uh, quite, quite strongly. Well, you know, there's so many moving parts there. And, and one of the things I've been thinking about a lot is the confusion of the release dates, right? So if you're the average consumer, you're, I think in theater marketing and all that stuff and marketing in general is going to be really important going forward once we're in a more normal marketplace because release dates are something people would see, you know, when they would watch a trailer in theater or walk by a, a one sheet in the lobby and it would be emblazoned in their head. OK, this movie is opening on such and such a date. That's really kind of gone out the window. I would think that would add another layer of challenge to the marketing campaign in terms of just simple release dates. That's exactly right. Right. It's especially when you're looking at it globally. Uh, when is Latin America going to be available for this title versus Europe versus versus Asia versus domestically, it, it, it depends, right? You'll get it for a while there and still to this day where you get different answers because there, there are, the pandemic is in different stages of, of retreat in each of these regions. Um, so yeah, it makes it very complicated and, and uh, uh, required thinking outside the box a little bit here. And every country is totally different. You can't just look at one country and say, well, they're up and running. Why shouldn't we be? I mean, that's a valid question, but each country, each territory has to open at a different rate based on the pandemic. I think, uh, you know, if we go back a year, we're almost, uh, you know, we're towards the end of February right now. March 20 of 2020 was sort of the day when theaters essentially closed. I can't believe it's been almost a year now, but Universal was one of the first studios to pivot to these, you know, new and innovative release strategies that I think, you know, clearly, and I, I'm not going to sugarcoat it, 
you guys took some heat for that at the time because we were in the very, very early stages of this. Did, did, did I? Did I didn't take some heat? By the way, let's just say I, I think your strategy was totally vindicated. But let's talk about what that felt like at the time to be at the forefront, kind of being the pioneers in really grabbing the bull by the horns and saying, we got to make a change here. This marketplace is radically different than it was two weeks ago. What was that like at the studio at that point? Unfortunately, some of the things that were said in the press, we knew were, were emotional and, and kind of knee-jerk reactions to things that if they, and they have, and I won't, you know, speak specifically as to who said what, but when they take a step back, they might, might realize that, okay, we might've been overstating a few things. We had a few times, we had a couple titles that were doing well that were new to theaters, right? Invisible Man and, and The Hunt. And then we had another title that was about to come out, Trolls World Tour. And Trolls, to put it simply, was in the wrong place at the wrong time. We had spent a ton of money already that was gone in marketing that title and, and putting it out. And we had participants, you have brand participants and things like that, that you just can't sit there and go, okay, we'll move it to, you know, God knows when. And it was also, I think, for those that took a step back and maybe looked at it a little more rationally, pretty obvious that a pandemic is not going to come and go in six weeks, you know, or, or two months or something like that, you know, or, or, or whatever. It was obvious that it was going to be with us for a while. And so we were able to pivot. Uh, my boss, uh, Pete Levinson and Michael Bonner did a great job of arranging a digital, uh, you know, PVOD platform for it. And we did well, you know, but it should, should have done well. It was during a pandemic when basically everything was locked down as far as theatrical was concerned. And it was the, the uh, recipient of a full-blown, very aggressive, best-in-industry class marketing campaign. So it should have done well, is the, is the point to all of that. We engaged exhibition. We explained to them you know, our, uh, our mindset on, on a, a PVOD model and things like that. And it was, it was well-received. We've been putting film in theaters for several months now and to, in many cases, to great success. You know, you take a look at Crude's. Crude's uh, was released at Thanksgiving when the market was really impaired and has been impaired uh, until just now kind of recently and in its 13th week of release we're starting to see the some of these markets open back up like Quebec it looks like we're going to get back and you mentioned New York things like that Montreal places like that um, so that's great and it, it's coming in for the first time in a lot of these theaters which is tremendous uh, it was it, it was number one in theaters in its 12th and 13th week right so uh, it, it people like again as we said at the top of this People want to be out. And when you've got a great film, as we do with the crew's new age, when when you when you want to be out with your with your family, you want to be out with your friends, you want to have that experience, uh, we were able to take advantage of that. And uh, the PDOD model is just a good example of theatrical and, and, and certain alternative models, if you will, can coexist and coexist extraordinarily well. There are really, you know, to some degree, there's really two different audiences. There's, there's those that want to be in theaters that are avid moviegoers like myself, right? Almost every weekend I'm going to be in, in a theater if it's available. There are those that, for whatever reason, it's not, not their thing, right? They're not in theaters. And of course, there's a lot of overlap in between. Here we had a lot of markets, as we just discussed, like L.A. to this day has not been open, right? L.A. County has not been open uh, when Cruz has been in release. So we look forward to bringing Cruz into these markets as they do open up. And then again, for those that are comfortable in being in theaters in, in Salt Lake, for example, which has been very open for quite some time, great. They have the ability to be out and enjoy crews. For those that, that you know want to enjoy that film but, but either can't or aren't comfortable being in theaters, we have that model and, and, uh, and they're able to enjoy it as well. So we tried to make this as, as much of a win-win for the film and for exhibition and for us as possible. We're as 
yeah, we, we honestly believe what as pro-theatrical as it gets. So. And I think you really literally put your money where your mouth was because when we got to the fall and holiday season, it seemed that Universal and Focus features as well, which is you know, under the Universal umbrella, you guys were really putting out brand new movies in theaters. And that's always been like the thing, the, the rap on studios that, well, you're not giving us, you know, you're not giving exhibition enough product, but Universal, again, taking a, a bit of heat on Trolls, fast forward to the latter part of the year, you were at the forefront of putting brand new movies, albeit with, in some cases, a hybrid model that were showing success on the small screen, of course, and the big screen. Video didn't kill the movie star (laughs) in a sense. It turned out that people, they had a greater choice of how and where they could see these movies. And I think the fear forever with windowing has been, well, if people are given the choice to be able to just sit on their couch and click a button, of course they're just going to stay home and not go to a movie theater. I don't think that's true. It's, 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 yeah, it's a complete misnomer. It's, it's absolutely not true. I mean, I, I won't name specific titles, but I, I saw a few titles over the break. You know, my, as you can imagine, a gigantic television with all the bells and whistles that you could possibly have. And it's not the same experience. It's just not. Is it a good experience? Sure, absolutely. Some of the content's fine. But for a lot of these titles, it is just nowhere near the same kind of film, the same kind of experience, the same, the same it's, it's just completely different. And, and again, these films from script level on up are engineered to be seen on 40-foot screens. They really are. You know, when we're talking about features, we're talking about studio features. That's what they're meant to be seen. With sound and everything else is, is meant to be seen there. And so, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine up in Seattle here just this week, and, and who's not necessarily an avid moviegoer, but the theaters recently opened up in Seattle and she was, I think second weekend that they were open, she was front and center uh, to see Robin Wright's directorial debut land in a theater out there. Right. And loved it. You know, and if you've seen land, it's got these beautiful, you know, big landscapes and things like that. It's just, it's just tremendous. And that's where you want to see it. That's, that's how you want to see a film like that. So great to hear that even an avid moviegoer, you know, couldn't wait to get out and experience that, that as well. So, you can't turn an avid big screen moviegoer into a couch potato by just offering a film on the small screen. If they're an avid big screen moviegoer, they're going to seek it out. I, mean, right. I, I This idea, again, kind of going back to my original question is, or point is, I don't, I, I mean, I get the fear factor, but it's been proven that the movie theater can withstand anything and these stress tests time and again have proven that. Yeah, again, I think for our model, that's exactly right. You know, for a transactional model like like a premium video on demand, uh, which is a rental, a short term rental for a premium price, I, I think that's exactly right. And um, you know, I think as you you teed up all of this by saying we've proven right, and I think that's you know we're not trying to look at it that way, but yeah, at the end of it all, yeah, it's, it's kind of the case. Well, I want to ask you, you know, for anyone listening who's uh, you know younger or coming up in the business or any business. In retrospect, how do you view the importance of making those tough choices that were made about a year ago, even in the face of much opposition, second guessing, a lot of negativity? What is the importance of just sticking with those decisions, even in the face of all that? Well, I mean, listen, it's, to start with, it, you're at university specifically, and obviously I'm biased, but it's simply true. We have great leadership. You know, Donald Langley, Jeff Shell is the CEO now. NBCU, Peter Levinson, you know, tremendous leaders in this business. They know what they're doing. Uh, they're far-sighted, and and so yeah, we 
put a lot of thought into it and we had a plan and we executed the plan and it turned out to, to work extraordinarily well. You have to, you know, to some degree, you have to stick to your guns. And our guns were putting film in theaters, right? That's what we wanted to stick to. That was the goal that we wanted to get to. And, and that's that's good for all of us, um, exhibition and, and distribution. And so, we're, you, you know, we're very gratified. We're gratified with our great relationships with, with our exhibition partners and, and that they uh, they work with us on this. And it, it, we're, we're going to continue to do it. Uh, Focus has another title coming out on March 5th, uh, Boogie. On March 26th, we opened uh, Nobody, uh, Universal Tile. And so, you know, just really excited to, to see, like I said, to, to begin with, to see the light at the end of this tunnel getting brighter and brighter, more markets opening, more theaters available, more people coming out. That's just tremendous. Absolutely. And I, I think, too, it's interesting that in a lot of businesses, the, the kind of things that go on behind the scenes are just that, behind the scenes, not public, big, tough uh, decisions are generally for many businesses, not for public consumption, but in the movie business and you know, these yeah. big companies, you, when you make a big decision like that, it's not like, Oh, nobody's going to, you know, it's like the, you know, the tree falling in the forest. If there's no one here there to hear it, does it make a sound? Well, all this stuff made a big sound. I just, I commend you and, and universal for sticking with it. Even I, at the time I was kind of taken aback by a lot of the changes that were happening but I don't run a studio. I don't, you know, what has happened over the course of these many months, it's proven that the entertainment industry in general is very, you know, malleable and nimble and things, not monolithic. I think that was really put to the test with the pandemic. These companies like yours had to make big decisions really fast and stick with them. And they did no matter what. Yeah. I mean, this business is, uh, you know, it's, there's a lot of money involved and there's a lot of visibility. Right. So makes for an interesting combination. It sure does. Well, you know, when all this started, when the pandemic hit, you know, really mid-March of 2020 for North America, uh, for the theaters, when these titles, theatrical titles were moving to streaming and home video, uh, many asked if this was a one-off, like uh, to, you know, one-off solution. But it seems and that would this continue when theaters got back to normal? Well, there may be no new normal ever. I think things are forever changed, but it seems like uh, particularly with recent news out there that dynamic windowing and, and other hybrid big screen, small screen models are really here to stay. I don't think that's a necessarily a bad thing. Sometimes again, out of these stress tests come innovation that may now end ultimately be the best thing for the industry. Yeah, I, I don't disagree at all. Listen, we've known for long before the pandemic, right? Long before COVID, we knew that the windows were going to have to, to, to evolve. Just simply sticking with something just because that's the way we've been doing it for the last few years is just not, not going to be correct. The internet changed a lot of things in the world and, and our business included, right? Listen, things are still being, uh, still evolving. Uh, we're still learning things, continue to do that. I think different companies will have different priorities. It's not necessarily a bad thing either. And we'll figure it out. You know, we'll, we'll figure it out. At the end of the day, there's a lot of money in this business that the studios certainly don't want to walk away from. Exhibition obviously doesn't want to walk away from, right? They want to be in, in, in this business. And we'll figure out a way to make all of it work. I'm, I'm convinced. Uh, and I'm convinced, as we, like I said, as we discussed earlier, audiences are going to want to come back out. They're going to want to be in theaters. And, and that's just a great thing. And 2020, you know, when we went from 2020 into 21, it's not like we flicked a switch and everything was back to, you no, know. No, we're, we're in Q5 2020 right now. <laughs> that's well said. 
That's exactly what we are. Yeah. I think 2022 may be an even more important year because to me, 2021, at least at this point, is sort of a transitional year, a year where studios and other entertainment companies are trying to get their footing, figure out what this landscape looks like now, how they deal with that now, and then looking ahead to the future, how things might be different. And let's say when theaters get back up to 100%, both in terms of availability and capacity, who knows what other changes may be made. Yeah, true enough. Uh, and listen, 2022 on paper right now is off the charts, right? I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's insane. The second half of 21 looks tremendous. And I, and I think they will be. I think they both will be. And, and excited, to, excited to, to see how it all comes to fruition. I am too. I mean, do you think we'll have a a summer movie season, you know, Jim, we didn't have our greatest, well, summer movie season represents 40% of the total year's box office last year. Unfortunately, the summer movie season was sidelined. Drive-ins did really well, but that was a, you know, like $180 million, 18 weeks. The year before it was over 4 billion. So look at the differential there, but this year, maybe it'll get started a little late, but I think we're going to have a, I think we're going to have a summer movie season in 20. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, I agree. I think this, this summer will be good. You know, certainly won't be pre-pandemic good, but, it, but it'll be good. No, no doubt about it. Obviously it's going to be a gradation, right? We're not going to, we're going to ramp up and, and not jump up. And so if things beginning, I think right now with the opening in New York and some other things, some titles coming out, continue to get better and better and better as we go throughout the year. Let's hope people don't uh, forget about the, the, the rediscovery of how fun drive-ins can be as well, right? I mean, I think that was kind of a nice benefit of pandemic was people realizing how great it can be to be together in, in the car and have that experience on a Friday night or Saturday or Wednesday. For that. <laughs> well, geez, man, you go back to 2019, nobody was even talking about drive-ins, though they were generating box office. And even according to our Comscore data, and I've said this a lot, in February, a year ago, basically, Drive-ins represented like 1% to 2% of the box office. And then March and April of last year, May, through the summer, represented 80, 90, I think over 90% of the box office. So maybe you're right. I mean, maybe it, I don't think the drive-in goes away. I think people rediscovered a really great communal way that harkens back to a different time that's really kind of cool. Yeah, nostalgic and, and fun. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, very much. And so. I know you guys put out a lot of great uh, uh, library titles in drive-ins. Uh, Jurassic Park, I think. We, we did, yeah. We, we made a concerted effort to uh, help exhibition as best we can and, and to, to get our titles out, for that matter, over the summer. So Jurassic Park, E.T., Back to the Future, uh, these just classic titles. And people, now listen, they're in theaters and in drive-ins every summer. But this summer, it was, you know, it was obviously even that much more visible. And we had a great year in repertory. We, we try to make repertory a priority anyway, try to make our library titles and, and doing business on that a priority and, and, and get them out there. And this year was, this year was a record center, as, as you can imagine, right? Uh, even with our kids shows, and we didn't do really, the, the, kid, the kids shows are these flat titles that you bring in in a bunch of places around the country because of they're tied to summer camps and things like that. And those summer camps were very, basically non-existent. So the kids show program, as we call it, was also somewhat non-existent. And yet we still blew away records just on, on library titles alone with how aggressive we were in, in marketing them and getting them out there and, and uh, you know, trying to do as much for exhibition as we possibly could to, to great results. So that was very gratifying. 
It's really cool to see those movies on a big screen again. Yeah. And this is for the first time for a lot of folks, right? For the, yeah. For the first time, you know, a lot, of, a lot of folks are of a certain age. You, you know, they didn't see Jurassic Park in, in theaters to begin with. You know, that's, that's brand new. That's the first time for them. So this is really great. I think that's really cool. It's one of the coolest things that came out of this very unfortunate pandemic situation was that move, you know, summer movie drive-ins were back, but I love how, because Universal has such a incredible library of films that you were able to really step up and, and again, show uh, a real support for theatrical. Uh, if even at the, you know, the drive-in level, I think audiences really responded. And like you said, to be a younger person who perhaps never has seen Jurassic Park or Back to the Future or E.T. on a big screen, that could be a like a, a life-changing moment Absolutely. for many of these kids. Now, let me, let, let, I mean, let's just say it very bluntly. There are a lot of people that are in this industry because as a kid, they went to see Jurassic Park. That's true. Or E.T. or Back to the Future or what have you. Absolutely. Yeah, it was. that's what sparked their imagination. And then made them, you know, think about having a career in this industry. So we, in 20 years or more, we may have a whole new crop of people who went to a drive-in during the pandemic, saw a, a really cool movie like uh, E.T. and uh, are, wanted to be in the business. So if that happened, that's a very cool thing. Yeah, absolutely. I just want to go back to the whole thing of, uh, and we've talked about this before offline, but why does it just to let people understand because it is a new world now why does it make sense for some theatrical titles to be released with either a day and date or hybrid model and others are best served to wait for movie theaters to come back to a bigger degree you know it's, it's every film is a little bit different but generally speaking some of these films really need the big broad theatrical returns in order to make them as financially viable as you can it's just really that simple right so um, not every film has the same financial aspect, uh, you know, uh, makeup and things like that. So it really kind of depends. In some cases, it makes sense to move it and, and wait for the, for the audiences to be fully available. In other cases, if you've got a hybrid model where you can take advantage of that and uh, and continue to move it as we go. And then in other cases, we discussed with trolls, it just really wasn't a choice. You know, it was just in the it just uh, was ridiculous at that time for that particular time. So a little bit of all of the above. And I would think Furious 9 is an example of a film that, you know, clearly the earlier films were huge theatrical successes and particularly internationally. And I would think that's a movie that's, a, you know, that's a real movie movie uh, meant to be seen on the big screen. I would imagine that's one that's that people really want to see on a big screen, although Big screen, small screen, those movies are great, but there's just something about being in the car with those great characters when they're jumping a cliff or whatever they're doing, and you feel like you're there when you're in a movie theater. Yeah, the Fast and Furious franchise is just globally loved, right? And and people just absolutely adore it, and they are they are so enthusiastic about it and, and just you know can't wait to see that in theaters. And so uh, we're, we're looking forward to that. Well, Jim, I, I really want to thank you for, for being on the podcast today. Many screens, big picture. Jim Orr, president of domestic theatrical distribution for Universal. I am so honored to have you here. Get your insights. I know that over the course of the past year, you have been just at the forefront, you and your team at the forefront of uh, you know getting your movies out there, being super innovative and really, again, nimble in terms of how you've dealt with all these incredible changes. And again, this stress test 
that I'm calling it, that is the pandemic. So bravo to you and your team for doing such a great job in the midst of a incredibly uh, strange year on so many levels. To put it mildly, a year like no other, as I said recently in an article, yeah, to just state the obvious. But anyway, listen, Paul, thank you. And you're tremendous. I really appreciate you having me on. It's, it's actually my honor. And uh, and uh, anything I can do for you, you know, I'm going to do it because you are the very best, sir. So thank you. Oh, thank you, Jim. And just promise me we'll have a drink someday in person. How about that? We will. We've got some bourbon waiting for us someplace. Oh. We have to, right? There's got to be. I can't wait. All right, Jim. Thank you for being here on Many Screens Big Picture, and I'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Paul. Appreciate it.